0: just hollenbeck fun fact we actually have the same middle name what did i know that yes you did and you i didn't know that i didn't know that you know what's funny you have the same reaction every time <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> that is because how is yours spelled R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E. Yeah, so mine is R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. I'm remembering. <laughs> you are, and I love it because you get so excited. But that's one of the things about you. You are such a relatable, like you love connecting and relating with other people. I love
1: it. It's like almost to a fault. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I know, I get it. And I'm like, just stand, hold on, <laughs> listen to what they're saying. But I just love connecting with people and relating to people. I know, you really do. That's one of the things I I like about you too,
0: So Justanne Holmbeck, y'all. Um, she is here for part two, and I'm so excited that you're here. We're going to be um, talking in this episode about postpartum depression and all the things, and I hope you enjoy. Justin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to have you back. A lot has changed since our last yeah. conversation. Jeremiah, which is your second baby, mm. was
1: barely hatched. Oh, my gosh. He was like, what did we do it in October? Something right? like that. Yeah. Of 2020. Yeah. So he was only two months old. Yeah. If that. Yeah. That's so... crazy that it's already 2022. I know so much has changed so much. I well, I'm excited
0: to have you on cuz you've changed so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you last time like you said you'd just gotten out of having your second kid, not to mention we were in the middle of a dang pandemic. Yep. Which I'm sure we'll get to that too. Yeah. <laughs> cuz I just feel like so much can change in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Absolutely, Like I'm just flashing through your
1: life right now. I'm like, whoa, everything almost has changed. Right. So much has changed since then. Like, that's why I'm like, I can't believe it's been two years or almost two years already since then. Wow. Yeah.
0: Twilight zone. I'm just like, if you guys see my eyeballs right now, I really am just kind of thinking back of how much has changed. But, um, during our last conversation, um, we were talking about postpartum care Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how you had just had a baby and some of the things that you wanted to encourage new moms to purchase. And we had a list for them. And I know that was super helpful. It's actually one of my top listened to podcasts, which showed me what, um, what an important subject this really is. So I, again, just want to thank you for saying yes, because I know that there's a lot of moms and even dads out there who might not understand maybe what's going on in the mother of their child's life or, you know, in their own life, in their own bodies, even sometimes I feel like that can be, but um, kind of, can you go through a little bit about your experience when you were having Jeremiah? Because like I said, I know last we talked, um, you had just had him. So kind of walk me through
1: where you were in that portion of your life. So it's crazy when we had the last podcast, we talked a lot about like, I thought I had postpartum figured out by then, you know, like I had gone through a certain experience with my daughter and a lot of it was more physical. Like I didn't know what to, like I when having her, I didn't know what to expect physically. And then you're hit with all these things with like breastfeeding and the recovery and all of this stuff. And you're like, oh my gosh. So I had done all this research before having Jeremiah. I had researched the best products and like things to use. And then I went through something completely different with Jeremiah. And when we did that last episode, that last podcast, I feel like I was in the beginning stages of postpartum depression. For sure at that time, I already had postpartum anxiety, but I did not even realize it at the time. It almost makes me sad for myself, like thinking back to like that I was in this place where I thought I had it figured out, but I had no idea what was to come in that experience. I think I've like reflected on that season of life a lot And I think there were like factors that played into the postpartum depression that I didn't have with Scarlett, like for one, having him in a pandemic, I feel for like all the moms out there that had to kind of, you know, have their children when the world just was like a mess and scary. I think that that was the start. Like I have never been a very fearful person I've never been somebody who struggles with anxiety or depression, but working as a registered nurse in the ER and COVID and all the unknowns and everything that was like very stressful, you know, like, and I think that my anxiety started there. So back in March of 2020, I can't remember how many months pregnant I was at that time, but I think that that started the anxiety. Cause I remember even like, and I didn't do this with, well, I didn't have a kid to get up and check on at the time. But with Scarlett, my daughter, um, I didn't feel those things. I almost feel like, you know, like ignorance is bliss. So there was so much that I didn't know, um, when I was having her. And I think just being not even take COVID aside, but also being a registered nurse, I see a lot of things. I know a lot of things And I can remember when I was pregnant with Jeremiah, it's almost like I got postpartum depression or not depression, postpartum anxiety before I even had him. Because I would like pace the house at night, checking on her, checking doors. Like literally it was so weird because that's so not me, you know? And then he came and of course it was wonderful. But like, it's funny because everything that I had, like the physical side down. I was like on it with my breastfeeding, with pumping, with all of my like uh, recovery care and everything. But then he was a completely different baby than Scarlett. He was also colicky, which for those who don't know, colicky is basically when they like cry for like, and it's a lot of people think it's like the, I think the research shows that it's like related to like tummy problems, like gassiness and stuff like that but it causes them to be super fussy like all the time. So like he would cry all the time and this boy did not sleep through the night. So I think it was COVID. I think it was me like knowing too much. I think it was, um, it was like lack of sleep, like true, like sleep deprivation. Like, Oh my gosh. I feel like that has so much to do with like mother's, postpartum depression. Cause he would, I mean, he would wake up like 10 times a night. Like it was wild. I remember he was seven months old and I was like pacing the house with him like at two in the morning, like God, please help him to go to sleep. You know? So I think that there are factors that played into it for sure that happened even prior to me having him. I think cause with anxiety there, I think, well,
0: I shouldn't say, I think everyone at some point in their life will experience Um, anxiety symptoms or they'll have like a spout of it, but like actual anxiety, I'm, I'm reading this definition is intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Some of the symptoms can be fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and even feeling tired may occur. And so, I mean... There are also, you can kind of go into general anxiety disorder. There's so many different types of anxiety. And so you're talking specifically about postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And even it, like you said, it occurred before there. There's so many levels. Um, but when, when we're thinking about anxiety until you
1: experience it, it's something very hard to understand. Absolutely. Tom and I have, Tom is my husband. Um, we have actually talked about that a lot after because I mean he went through the trenches with me you know so we've talked about that how we've had people in our lives that have struggled with anxiety or depression and kind of like we had this like attitude like come on you gotta like you gotta fight through it you gotta you know like you can do this like let's do this this and this this will help you know and until you've lived in it you understand that like sometimes taking those steps, even though you know that those things will help getting yourself to take that step is so much more than you could imagine. You know what I mean? Like I have such a greater understanding for people that go through um, anxiety, depression. Now that I've experienced, like I'm honestly like it was the, the, one of the hardest things i've ever gone through but i'm thankful for it because i feel like i have such so much more sympathy so much more compassion and empathy for people that experience that well yeah
0: because you're and it it's i mean it's so easy to beat ourselves up. Like, gosh, I feel bad. I wish I would have never said this or that. We could look back. But until you know, you don't know. You just don't know. You just don't exactly. know. And so it's kind of one of those things, though, where, like you said, when when you can be empathetic towards somebody, which I wish you didn't go through that, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, to be have that empathy, but also it makes us different people like and our scope, like our, our heart gets bigger mm-hmm. in different ways, you know? So you're, you're mentioning that you kind of had some of these symptoms before. So when, do you recall any of your racing thoughts when you're up in the middle of the night at 2am or you genuinely just couldn't sleep with him
1: or um, even before when this, you were pregnant? Okay. So when I was pregnant, I would, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I mean, I would get up and check to see if my daughter was still breathing. It was mm-hmm. those types of things. Mm-hmm. I remember one time vividly, like, I can't even remember if I was asleep or like half awake, but I was like, somebody's in Scarlett's room. Mm-hmm. It was like those types of fears. Fear, I mean, you know me. I'm a crime girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I love crime. I love those types of shows. They give me like a thrill. I've never been like scared like that. I've always been, there was a period of time I lived on my own. I wasn't afraid to be in a home, like a house by myself. Like, and all of a sudden, like I was hit with those types of fears, like that, like my daughter was in danger or that she was just going to stop breathing in the middle of the night. Like crazy, like things like that would go through my head. Mm-hmm. Um, After when he was born, um. It was, I would say it was the same thing. Like I was so scared of SIDS, which is sudden infant death syndrome, which is where like babies just kind of like stop breathing. And there's not really like a true explanation as to why. Um, And so I was super like, I would just, I can remember waking up in the middle of the night, like panicked, like, (gasps) like, you know, that type Mm -hmm. of like. Fear comes over you and I'd like check to see if he was breathing. So those were like the kind of things that I struggled with was like safety, like thinking that something terrible is going to happen to my kids. And I want to like free you up because you're not crazy.
0: These are very common, more common than you would think type of thoughts. I don't even have kids and I've found myself thinking about losing my husband, Justin, yeah. or I've had, you know, freak out moments of, oh my gosh, what if I was driving and somebody, you know, hit my car at random? What if there was an earthquake? Like, <laughs> like fear and those type of thoughts are common, but when they start to overtake mm-hmm. and when they start, when you start to notice, oh wow, like this is consistent. And as you mentioned, you didn't even know where you were at that time. You were just living you were living it without realizing that you were living it. Mm -hmm. So was there ever a point when you and Tom started to talk, did he notice any of these types of behaviors in you or how did, how was your dynamic between your marriage during this time?
1: So in the beginning, I think it was just like that normal, like stress of a newborn, you know, like bless his heart. He would come home and like, we would call it witching hour because Jeremiah would get really bad, like in the evening hours. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's literally witching hour, but, um, he would. would come home and I mean, I would just be like pacing the room with Jeremiah and he would just be like screaming, crying and I would have like tears streaming down my face. And so he would just grab him and like take over and give me a break at that point. And so he was very helpful. But I don't think, again, I hadn't even realized where I was at. So he didn't see it. I think it was just like, this is just a stressful time. Like it's a new baby. He has the colic going on. That's new for us. Scarlett was not that way. So we were just kind of like learning Jeremiah, learning how to, we were really like, we were teammates in this. Like he got up throughout the night just as much as I did. Super, super helpful. Um, I would say I started to put the pieces together probably around January, which is crazy. Like, and he was born when? August. Okay. I knew I was really feeling it in December. So thoughts had kind of started to like go where I was like, dude, something's not right. Like, I am not myself. And January is when I started to really be like, okay. I think I have postpartum depression. And it was very hard for me to admit. I don't know why. It was just was very hard for me to admit. So then going in January is also when I went back to work. So it was good. It was like this actually going back to work, I think helped a bit like getting that time away. Like my job has always kind of been like, it's you know, like it's your thing. So like I got to go to work, talk to some adults, you know, like do my job. And for a while it was good, but then, um, and Tom and I had had conversations at that point, like about what was going on. He's always been very, you know, Tom, he's very understanding. Like he's always like, how can I help you? He's also, I will say he is a problem solver. So he wanted to like solve the problem. Like what can we do? But I just feel like in this situation, it wasn't that easy. You know what I mean? There would be times that I'd be like, man, I'm feeling so much better. Like, I think I'm at the tail end of this. And then bam, it would be like right back into it. But I can remember having some really raw conversations with him, especially when uh, COVID, like when the COVID spiked again, um, the combination of dealing with that on top of going through postpartum depression, it got real. Like, I mean, and I think what it was for me was um, I went out on maternity leave right when COVID started to like be on the up. And then I came back right when things were kind of coming down. So I didn't go through like that crazy spike with my coworkers. Um, I was out on maternity leave. So although I saw a bit of it, I didn't see it at the level that they had experienced. So then we got this like second wave that was really intense. My coworkers had all experienced this. Like they were like, yep, it's back. But it was my first time, you know what I mean? Experiencing that. And it was like, oh my gosh, you know? And so I can remember in that time talking with him and being like, like super raw, like I need you to know like, this is how deeply I'm struggling. Like it's the, like, and just going into like detail about like how I felt on the day to day. And I think that that was like a very opening, like eye-opening conversation where he was like, Oh my gosh, this is way worse than she's like told me, you know what I mean? Cause it's hard to talk about. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so hard to talk about, but like, I had to really sit with him and be like, listen, like I am like deeply sad, like every single day, like it's a fight for me every single day. And those were the moments that he was like, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't know unless somebody tells you, you know? Well, oh. it, I think that it's so hard to talk about because
0: we see ourselves one way. And then when we don't recognize ourselves anymore, it's kind of, I would imagine that it's hard to admit that we're struggling, you know? And one of the interesting things about, I mean, I've been reading this book lately and I can't even remember what it's called. Something, I think it's like Into the Flow or something. And it's about it cycles, your uh, menstrual cycles, but just cycles in general for, for women and, It goes and I'm very in the early beginning stages, but I'll put the link in the in the bottom once I remember because my brain can't remember right now. (laughs) But um, I'm learning about different cycles and it's talking about hormones and holy cannoli. Our bodies are so intensely complex and Mm -hmm. the amount of things that have to happen in order to line up to not even
1: just your cycle, but to have a baby. Oh, it's wild. I w- you, It's like, uh, like hours of a window. It, like, right? Isn't it? It freaks
0: me out. Yes. Yeah. It is absolutely insane when mm-hmm. you really think about every single thing that has to line up hormonally in yes. order for that to happen. So what ends up happening with, for so many reasons, bodies get out of sync. When you're, and it was, and it's not just hormones already just being pregnant. Yours was a different level because you were in such, also such a high stress situation. Mm -hmm. And obviously we can't go back in time and nobody can go into your brain and see, but I can see how those type of levels, those, the adrenaline and the cortisol levels and all of these intense, you know, fight or flight things in your brain, you were consistently in a state of survival, whether you realize it or not. Oh, yes. Like you, I think that at some level, everyone during COVID was, which is Mm -hmm. why the rise in, in mental health has increased because every day you don't know, are we
1: Am I going to be exposed to this virus? Am I going to live? Am I not going to live? Or am I going to work? Am I not going it, to work? Every? Am I going to lose my job? You know what I mean? Like, it's just so crazy. Like, I feel like everyone on some level experienced a new type of worry that they had never experienced before. Ever. And then, so on top of that, you were
0: pregnant. So it increased all of those hormones because you're creating a human Mm -hmm. and then also you're working and your adrenaline is consistently going. Right. And so what ends up happening in our minds is like, there's this chemical shift and we don't realize it, but our brains, and I was just having a conversation with someone the other day, but like the best way I can describe it is that our brains are so powerful that it's trying to regulate itself. And so when we have these high anxiety, like anxiety is your body's way of some protecting you, believe it or not, even with depression, sometimes things get so overwhelming or like our chemicals can get off. Like there's so many different types of depression. There's clinical depression, there's situational depression. That's a whole other podcast. But when we start to look at those things and you see you're a nurse dealing with life or death before the pandemic and then the pandemic. And I know that you've shared stories with me about some of the grief and the death that you've experienced, you know? So that's why you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it's so hard to share because I think you were in such a survival mode just, Dan. It was like, You didn't have time to think about what you were or weren't feeling, right? Right.
1: When did you have time for that? You didn't. No. It was, I was so much in a survival mode. I realize that now, now that I have gotten past it and have been really, really intentional about my mental health, my physical health, everything. I'm like, how did I live like that? Like- I was, again, going back to like, it saddens me, like for myself, like what a, like I was in such survival mode every single day, just like fighting through the day. And how exhausting. Oh, so exhausting. (laughs) And and that's the thing is like, I was exhausted all the time. Mm -hmm. No nap, no amount of coffee, no amount of sleep could pull me out of how tired I was. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the stress. Yeah. So
0: when you mentioned in January, you were like, something's kind of off. What were those symptoms that you started to notice that might be contributing to postpartum depression? Or how did you land on that?
1: Um, that's a good question. I feel like it was just the sadness Like I couldn't pull myself out of it. I was just like feeling like defeated, lonely, which I think like I've experienced loneliness as a mother before having Jeremiah and before um, when I had Scarlett, I've experienced that before, but it was different. It was like, I just felt super lonely, super sad, And I was just like in a constant funk. So like, you know, how like one day, like you just have a day where you're like, I'm just kind of in a funk. It was like I was living in that. And I'm like, okay, something's not right. And then going more into the year, I think, is when I started to pay more attention to like the physical things that I was noticing, the skin breakouts, the being tired. There was a point where I realized like I was nauseous and had a headache every single day. I was taking Zofran every single day, taking ibuprofen every single day for a headache. Like I lived feeling nauseous. I lived with a headache and, but I hate to say it, but I didn't realize those things until later into that year. Mm -hmm. So like, even though I started to notice it in January, I can't say that I started to, like, be very, what's the right word? Like, I didn't start to, like, work on it. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like I started to process it and, like, figured out what was going on. But, like, I didn't really even know, like, what to do to fix it. Like, I just almost was, like, waiting for it to pass.
0: Hmm. Did you feel, like, overwhelmed and scared when you realized?
1: Um, Overwhelmed. For sure. And yeah, I've actually never really thought of like the fact that I may have felt scared. But I would say that there was some fear in there considering how hard it was for me to admit it. Yeah. I think that shows right there that it made me scared. Mm -hmm. Because and how I even realized it was I had a friend who told me she's like, actually, was it you? I can't remember. But someone was like, you might have seasonal depression. Mm -hmm. And because it was like through the holidays and I don't know, like when... I know people have seasonal depression when like the time changes and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you might be right. And then it was like, oh wait, I'm, I'm postpartum. Like, you know, and that's when I started to like do my research and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's something too, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of women don't understand this, but you are postpartum for up to a year after having your baby. So like we go to the doctor after six weeks and we get quote unquote cleared. So we think we're done with our postpartum, but you're postpartum for a year after. My eyeballs got so big right now. If you can see them. (laughs) Because I haven't had the experience of
0: having a kid, but I've had so many friends who have. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you every single... Mom that I know has had a different and unique experience. Mm-hmm. Every single one. I
1: did. I'm the same person, and but I had completely different experiences with two different children. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. pregnancy to pregnancy can change. You know,
0: and my eyeballs are so big because you think about that. You're right. Six weeks. Which really frustrates me. That's a whole other topic. Of that's a whole nother podcast.
1: Don't even, don't even get it. me started on that. Yes, you know,
0: you you spend nine months growing this human and bonding, but you only get six weeks to actually seriously bond. Don't get me started. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. But honestly, it's it's just so wacky, and I people and then people wonder why. Like you said, moms are just so exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. Or we wonder why there's so many stressed out people. And, and it's like, geez Louise, what they're freaking tired, y'all. Like yeah. there's, your body is still adjusting. And I can only equate it to a few years ago. I had a surgery, um, a laparoscopy for my endometriosis, dude, first of all, when they were all up in my business, they found out it was worse than they thought. So the surgery took longer and they, it's, they cauterized my endometriosis and blah, blah, blah. It took me over six weeks to completely heal. And I still like it, I've never been the same. Like it it really helped my body. And there were a lot of um, symptoms that were alleviated through that surgery. But after that, I was still tender and sore and I, there was pain. Um, All that to say that was not even having a child move around my organs. Lord, all the hormones (laughs) that come along with that. Then some women have C-section. Some of them have vaginal birth. Obviously all that to go
1: through. Mm -hmm. So six weeks, you're right. It's like, okay. It doesn't. And I mean, I've always thought like, my like so you're cleared six weeks after to like you can technically go back to work at that point. And it's always like I I guess I didn't realize it until after Jeremiah that I realized because with Scarlett, I was in the middle of nursing school. So I technically went back to like like literally the next week and i can remember wobbling my way up to my class oh my gosh but um but with jeremiah like i got to have a, like a long maternity leave which was such a blessing and but i was like women go back to work after 6 weeks like i can tell you right now most all babies are not sleeping through the night at 6 weeks so women are waking up throughout the night you know what i mean like going to work. Their bodies are still healing from this like huge shift that they went through. It's just crazy. And then like you said, a year up
0: to a year after your body is still regulating its mm-hmm. hormones. So that's what I've heard of women losing their hair. Um, I've heard of, you know, women feeling exhausted or having intense waves of emotions mm-hmm. up and down. Um, not to mention You have to get used to your new body. Like even that for some women is a a hard thing to look at. Like you're a completely different person before you had a child than you are after. And not that, I think one of the things that I've noticed across the board for moms is the word guilt. And it's very interesting because you hear about it a lot, like mom guilt. Mm -hmm. But I always find moms will, cover up their emotions so they'll be like they while they won't admit they're struggling or they'll say something about their body but I love my kid don't get me wrong I don't you know I know that it was a blessing to have a baby and and I'm like it's okay yeah it's okay to feel happy about your new baby but also feel overwhelmed by the baby yeah. it's okay to be grateful that you had a child but also adjust to your new body. It's not the same. It's okay to even be like, what is going on? You know, but Mm -hmm. I notice so often moms will backpedal when they share their emotions and feelings.
1: Do you feel like you ever experienced that? Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I heard somebody say the other day, peace and sorrow can coexist. And I feel like that is so perfect for postpartum. Like you can be so at peace and know that like you were, you know, you you love being a mother and you're absolutely in love with this new child of yours, but you can also be struggling. And I think that I struggled with so much guilt, so much guilt, like with what I was going through and just feeling guilty. Like I wasn't able to like fully be there for my children because I was so stuck in this place. But that's like, so I would put myself even more on the back burner because I needed to show up for my kids. And I was barely surviving to do that. You know, like I, I totally feel like women really like the mom guilt is real. And I feel like we put way too much pressure on ourselves and It was this January that I started to really take time to work on myself and to not feel guilty about it and to care for myself. And there's been such a dramatic shift Mm -hmm. in who I am as a person, who I am as a mother, who I am as a wife, that I'm like, why do we think that mothers have to go around and be exhausted all the time and put themselves last Like, seriously, isn't that like an, like this, like idea that mothers, like we naturally just put everyone before ourselves. And then here we are like struggling day to day in this survival mode. And since I started to like prioritize my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, all of those things, I've become such a better person because of it, such a better mom because of it, wife. And so... But I really think that I struggled hard with the mom guilt through postpartum depression.
0: Well, I I think that there are like societal pressures and expectation, internal pressures. And then I think especially I can only speak for myself, but growing up in church, there were all these these ideas that oh well you know you have a baby and it's all about raising that baby your life is put on hold and the amount of times that I've heard that said honestly sometimes I'm like do I even want to be a mom and and obviously I've had struggles getting pregnant so I don't really have a choice right now but it's one of those things in the back of my mind where I genuinely feel fearful of losing myself because of the way people portray motherhood as if it's this or even parenthood. I've heard a lot of negative things spoken over parenthood. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, well you just wait. You're going to never sleep. You're never going to. And it's like, okay, but everybody's experience is different. And like you said, from pregnancy to pregnancy for you, Scarlet was a little bit easier where Jeremiah was challenging. Mm-hmm. And You had to learn how to adjust and navigate through both of those things. But I feel like I said, with pressures in society, we get these ideas in our head of what it's quote unquote supposed to look like. Says who?
1: Yeah. And everybody's (laughs) going to, yes. And everybody's going to be different. Like I need that balance. I need that fun night with my girlfriends. I need that date night with my husband you know, there are some moms that like find they get fueled in other ways and that's okay. But like, I need that time. And I feel like I've caught, it's funny how you said like, but I know like I I love, but I love my baby. You know, like after you say like something you're struggling with and I've said that type of thing so many times, like, oh my gosh, I love my kids so much, but I really needed this. You know what I mean? But it's like, you shouldn't even have to say that. Like everyone knows that you love your kids. Like, why do we feel this need to justify why we need a night with our girlfriends? We're, we are mothers, but we're also human mm-hmm. and everybody loves a good night with their girlfriends. You know what I mean? Whether you're a mom or not. So it's like, we feel, cause I never said that before having kids. Yeah. I never justified why I wanted to go hang out with friends. So it's like all of a sudden I'm doing it as a mother, but it's like, Everyone in this room knows that you love your kids. You don't have to tell them, mm-hmm. you know, like it's crazy.
0: Well, I almost think it's, it's just a shifting of words.
1: I love my kids and I want a break. I love my kids so much that I'm going to let myself have a break exactly. or else mommy's going to lose it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it, and I think that, I think that it's okay. And not only
1: okay, it's necessary. So necessary. You need, you need that. Like like women need to have an outlet, you know?
0: I do. I do because you're, like you said, you're a person and you're so multifaceted. You're a wife, you're a daughter, you're a sister, you're a friend, you're a mother, you're a nurse, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. so many layers to who you are as a human being, but I think just innately women are so, I shouldn't say all women, but by nature women are innately relational. And so that is how we find our identity is through relationships and we're consistently looking. So when majority of your time is spent with kids and babies I think that it's probably a natural thing to kind of put yourself aside and not that I'm saying like oh it's all about people don't come at me I don't want to hear my dms blowing (laughs) up that I'm over here saying independent like don't get me started because (laughs) there are going to be a whole (laughs) slew of people listening to this with opinions like about that but I think you hit it right on the head just Dan, when you said that you have to know what you need Mm -hmm. because another mom listening to this might be more introverted and they might need a quiet day at the park reading a book yeah they may need to go get a frozen yogurt they may need to take a walk or listen to music or take a hike like every single person is fueled and gets filled up by something different and I think that that is what you like, what you said, that's what you need. Cause you're an extroverted human being. A
1: hundred percent.
0: You are, you love people.
1: I love, yeah. Yeah. You know that. I do. I could talk your ear off. I could hang out all day. Yeah. But that's another thing is why with going back to like that time of postpartum depression, I was very introverted in that time. I like created like social anxiety, things that were just not normal for me. And that I think added to, again, going back to like, I just was not myself, was I went from being this very extroverted, loud, outgoing, talkative person to I remember getting anxious, even just going to church, like nervous about conversations that were going to happen there. Not that they were even serious conversations, but having to, I hid behind my kids, a hundred percent hid behind my kids. And that was, that was just a weird place to like, like that was just weird to not feel like yourself in that, you know? I, I think
0: that if there's one thing that if, if, women out there are listening, or even if you're a spouse or your partner, you notice that they're off after having a child or even just in general with mental health. But since we're specifically talking about postpartum depression, have the freedom to speak up. Mm -hmm. If there's something that I can take off of your back right now, it's going to be okay. If you are feeling these emotions, if you're feeling lonely, if you notice that it's a consistent anxiety or worry or fear, or you're afraid, as just Stan Sheridan mentioned, she was worried about her baby getting sick or dying or, and these are very real scary emotions that are common and, but also we're not made to live there. Mm -hmm. And so there are resources, there are things that you can do to kind of help yourself. And I do want to transition into that part too, about, because this is still new for you. You you Mm -hmm. mentioned in January, we're in April, so I'm super excited to hear, but I also wanted to kind of plug in um, advocacy. It's important to advocate for yourself because until you share and you speak out and you ask questions and start to notice No one's going to know because we can be very good at going into survival mode and pushing through and forcing ourselves, get through it, suck it up. We tell ourselves these things and we're only harming ourselves because... It's not going to just go away. There has to be action behind it, whether it's talking to a counselor. Sometimes people need medication. Sometimes people just need a break or time or they need rest or they need help. But until you identify or maybe you might not even know what it is that you need, but until you vocalize it and start talking about it and normalizing these types of conversations, It's going to just be suffering in silence, you know? Absolutely. So learning to advocate for yourself is huge because a doctor will tell you, other people will tell you, this is normal, but nobody knows your body like you do. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows your brain or your emotions or yourself like you do. So if you know something's off, start asking questions. And if things aren't working, try something else. But my biggest thing, again, don't be embarrassed by what you're going through because you're not alone. And I'm seriously so grateful to you just stand for opening up because if there's at least one other mom out there that knows that she's not alone, this is worth it to me. Absolutely. This is so worth it. Um, So we are now in April. Um, You've been learning about yourself and some of the things um, for a couple months now. Can you tell me about, how you're starting to, because I would say you're still transitioning out of it. Would you say that? Or do you feel like?
1: Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Because it's funny. I do think that like once you've experienced those feelings, it's easy to slip back into them once you've been there. I will say that. So uh, yeah, starting in January, I'm like a big um, like new year type of person. Like I like that fresh start. So just going into this year, I was like, well, this last year sucked. 2021 (laughs) sucked. So um, this is going to be a better year. Like I was just like determined, like this year is going to be better. And so some of the things I did to help was um, I went, I actually went and saw a doctor. Uh, The doctor that I went and saw, he... um, tends to like, he's more of like a natural doctor. Um, but he did blood work. He checked my hormones. Um, he gave me supplements, uh, things like that. But the crazy thing is he checked my hormones. And what I love too, is that he checked them before I even had to ask. So I had already gone to say like, do you think we could check my hormones? Cause I just feel like something's off and at the time that I went and saw him, I'd say it was maybe like towards the end of January. So I was kind of already like feeling better. Um, and I. But I was like, I still felt like weird things. So like, I'll be so honest with you, like, OK, so. Breakouts, skin breakouts, my, I felt like they were always out of control, the fatigue, Um the okay I was like starting to get these like random like dark chin hairs like Mm -hmm. I just get like one at a time or and I'm like this is so weird and then like it was just not normal for me and then um I like had BO like I would used to be one of those people that like could not wear deodorant and it wasn't a big deal and I remember over that last year I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I have like body odor. Like it's this is like different for me, right? I would have like night sweats. Like I'd wake up in the middle of the night just like dripping sweat. Uh which is a symptom of breastfeeding, but it continued after I was done breastfeeding. So, anyways, all those things to say, got my hormones checked and turns out my estrogen was crazy low. Like Way low. I think my doctor said he wanted it over three hundred, and mine was at an eighty. Yeah, again, my eyeballs are big. (laughs) So I really do recommend, like, if you're going through things, it it could seriously be hormones. Yeah. So very real. Go and get your blood work done. Get get on supplements. Do what you need to do to like help yourself, you know? So that was a big step that I took. Now he has me doing estrogen shots. I go like every, um, like four weeks or so. Um, and that I've noticed a difference. Yes. Like I actually waited too long on my, like for my last one and I got another chin hair, like weird things. I know it's so crazy. So, um, Our bodies are so
0: freaking weird. Our bodies
1: are so weird. But you know, it's even crazier. And this kind of like just clicked. I was like, okay, estrogen is your woman hormone, right? Body odor, chin hairs. These are like things that are like considered more manly, right? Isn't that wild? That is. Very fascinating. That just clicked in my own head. Um, One day I was like, oh my gosh, it's like. My woman hormone is low, so these other like symptoms are coming out. Crazy, right? It really is. Yeah. Our bodies are remarkable. Totally. Um, I also Which that's so weird. Sorry, I'm just yeah. like
0: kind of going down no, a rabbit hole now. I I'm gonna like get off this podcast
1: and go start freaking reading
0: about <laughs> all of these hormones. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Um, I also started counseling. Uh, Although I've been feeling so much better about like my, like I've been better and I haven't been experiencing that postpartum depression going back to how I feel like it's really easy to slip back into those feelings. I'm just trying to be very like proactive about my mental health. So um, I'm not even really going, like I shared with my counselor that I went through really bad postpartum depression last year, but to truthfully, we haven't even talked about that. Like we've been talking about all the other things going on in my life that I feel like if I didn't talk about could easily put me back into those feelings. You know what I mean? Um, and then I, so in January is when I started with Arbonne too, which has been a huge, like, like life-changing thing for me. Um, Arbonne is a health and wellness company And um, I started my own business with them. And so that has been something that has been really cool to like, I'm just very passionate about it. And I feel like it ties in so much with my life right now. Like there's a lot of other men and women do it, but I feel like it does attract more women. And so being able to help women feel better, that's really what was like the start to like, I started a 30-day reset is what we call it. It's 30 days to healthy living. I started that in January. So I cut out certain foods, um, added in new foods. I was working out every day. Um, It's crazy because when I started it, I thought it was going to be all about what I was eating and drinking and focusing on that. But what's even crazier is it turned into so much more. I began reading more. I began working out more. I began to... Get outside more, you know, all of the stuff really focusing on my gut health, which I'm going to just drop this. Your gut health is very much related to your mental health. Those are so tied together. So women who are going through postpartum depression, anxiety, start there, like take care of your gut. Um, So that just kind of like spiraled into all of these other things. Um, I also got some time off between jobs. I quit, which this is a huge thing for me too, is I made the decision to, um, to quit my job at a place that I really did love and with people that I really, really loved. It was so hard to make the decision, but I knew I wanted to do travel nursing, but I was living the year prior in 2021, I was living in fear. So like, you know, just with anxiety and everything, I was so fearful of leaving. I was like, no, I can't do that. And I can't, you know, like I had every excuse and I made the decision to do it. And in January, and I had a couple hiccups in the road, but it was seriously the best decision. I'm so happy that like I made that choice to not like be fearful, but to just go for it. And I had like some time off. And in that time off, I just really like got to like focus on myself and love myself, which I had not done in I don't even know how long, you know. So those are some of the things that like really helped me was going to the doctor, getting blood work done, counseling, counseling. Uh, Finding a new passion, getting to help others like with that passion Uh, and working out is a huge one. Getting outside is a huge one. There's a lot of things that you can do that can help you be proactive.
0: You know what I love is that all of these things are very manageable and doable. They're all things, but they are also they take commitment. They do. And consistency, consistency, commitment and prioritizing you and your health. You know, um, one of the cool things about, I know that you've been, like you said, you joined Arbonne and you are a district manager right now. Is that yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. So um, you found something that worked for you and, mm-hmm. um, And what I like is that you said it was like a lifestyle, right? Because I think a lot of times people can look at this stuff and they're like, oh, you're just trying to sell me something. Well, no, like this is something that has helped you. Absolutely, This is something that you have found value in and you've noticed a change in your health. Mm -hmm. You've noticed um, a change in the dynamics. It was like you said, that reset was something that kickstarted you to start making healthier choices. Mm -hmm. And if that works for somebody, then that's great. You know, like I'm happy to see that you've been so passionate about it mm-hmm. and about the products and about the things that you're, you know, involved in, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing some crazy old thing right
1: now. <laughs> what are you doing? 75 days? Oh yeah. I'm doing the 75 day hard right now, which is wild, but I'm only three days in, but it's going really good. But basically it's, there's certain things that you have to do every single day. Yeah. So And it's hard. It's hard, (laughs) but it's very much about mindset, which is what drew me to it. It wasn't the weight loss. It wasn't any of that. It was like, okay, like I lately I feel like I've craved discipline because I think my life was so chaotic the last two years that like going into this year, I crave routine. And you know me like I'm not really like. I can be like a little bit of a fly by the seat of my pants type. But lately I crave routine. I crave habits. I crave discipline. And so that's why I'm doing it. But you just have to like make the choice to do it. Cause I will say when you're in the, like experiencing some of your darkest days, it's really hard to get outside. It's really hard to call up a friend and tell them how you're feeling. It's really hard to work out. Those things are really hard when you're really feeling it. I can remember one time feeling it bad one day. And I'm like, you know, what? I cannot live in this. I need to get to the park or go on a walk, something. And I loaded the kids up and Jeremiah screamed his head off the entire drive, which if you've ever been in the car with a screaming baby, It's not like a, let me just turn the music up louder. Like it is stressful. I think as mothers, especially like we are like, not even mothers, women. I feel like it's in us to like, it sends those cortisol levels through the roof. Right. And it was, I cried my entire way. And I remember just thinking, why am I, why did I do this to myself? Why do I even try? Like, why did I even get in the car? And it ended up being honestly a very hard experience. But when I got home, I was like, that kind of sucks. But I'm so happy I did it. Like, I'm so happy that I got outside. I'm so happy that my kids got to go outside. You know, so I know that it's really hard to like make these getting my you know, how long it took me to get to a counselor. It was like, jumping through it. like I just felt like it was so hard for me to like make the call to do it even though I needed to do it it was so hard to make the call but it's like that first step and then you just have to get yourself to the first step to just do it you know that's the hardest part yeah <laughs> took me forever but too you
0: deserve Yeah, <laughs> we was, both
1: we both really I from was that.
0: and I knew that I wanted to do it but I start I stopped saying I should do this. I really I should do this, shouldn't do that. Like and I started saying I want to get better. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this. I want to work through this. Mm-hmm. It's not some there are some things everybody has that to work through, yeah. but sometimes We cannot talk to our spouses or our friends because no matter what, we're going to filter. We are going to filter because we are human beings. And there are some things that my husband probably does not want to know. Mm -hmm. Not even, you know, not that he couldn't handle it. But there are things that for the safety of our marriage and protection for his own heart and mind, I want to be able to have a third party that doesn't know us and is going to help me work through that. But I'm so proud of you. You you. know, I'm proud of you. Um, because it's not easy. It's not easy to admit that was the hardest part for you. But once you admitted it to yourself and started to think things through and started researching is the first step, right? Mm -hmm. Like you started to think like, okay, like I'm noticing some things are off. Let's look into this. Mm -hmm. And then you made that appointment and it was a snowball effect, right? From there, it was like, okay, at that point, once you realize something's off, then you have a choice. And the only choice is I'm either going to stay here or I'm going to take steps toward getting better. Mm -hmm. Those are your only two options. Mm Mm-hmm. Either you can live in darkness, you can choose to stay there, or you get up and do the hard thing. And-,
1: and I will be honest, from the time that I figured out something was off, it took me a year, if you think about it. It was a year. So I let myself sit in all of that. And not that I'm mad at myself or no, anything like that. All. Like, I think it's just hard. But for those like people that are listening and they're like, You know, if you're beating yourself up, just know I sat in that for a year before I started to make steps that were like, okay, like, I really need to do this, this and this to get better. So it took me a year to actually put in the footwork.
0: Like I said, I've been there. I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't bring myself to do it for so many reasons—fear, because um, you're paralyzed
1: in your feeling. Exactly, you. It's just, it's a very, very like surreal experience mm-hmm. once it, you've gone through it.
0: But I know that again, like if if someone's listening and you find yourself there, like start to do the research. If you find that there is something off then you at least have the choice right now it's unknown and it's exhausting and scary. But my question to you is, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose by trying something new?
1: It's so funny that you say that because that is seriously my motto for 2022. I I'm not even that. kidding is what do I have to lose? Like with going into my Arbon business, like, oh my gosh. So I started it in November And then I got serious about it in January. So I started like using the products. And then I was like, I really like this. And I've always kind of been looking for like a side gig. But I knew I didn't want to pick up more hours at the hospital. I was already like kind of miserable there. And then um, I didn't want to really go out and get a second job. But anyways, so I'm like, you know, like this could be a good like side little gig. I like this stuff anyways. Let me just share it. But I was like. So again, going back to being fearful, I was so afraid of what people were going to think about me. I was so afraid of, it's just crazy how much you just live in your head. And I finally, in January, I was like, what do I have to lose? Like these people, we don't even know who those people are. But if the, like, I'm letting quote unquote people like dictate something that could be life-changing for me, like something that could bring financial freedom to my family, something that could bring freedom of time to my family. I'm letting the fear of what other people think like stop me from doing that. You know, that's like when you look at it in that sense, it's it's crazy, right? Like that we could let somebody have so much power over us. But the thing is, is, it's our own like internal fears. So my, even Tom, he recently got started on his sleeve and before like his tattoo sleeve. And he's like, I'm nervous. And I'm like, Tom, I would rather you be 80 years old, old and wrinkly and look back and be like, man, I probably shouldn't have done that. (laughs) But, you know, I did it rather than be 80 and wish I should I should have done that. Like, which would you rather have? Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're right. You know, like, I just am like at this place in my life where I'm like, I'm not like, what do you, ha- I'm going to run after the things that I'm passionate about. And everybody should do that. Like, what do you have to lose? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to change. Yes. It's oh okay to gosh. change. My gosh. I'm Trust me. I am learning that right now. If. It's
0: okay to change and it's okay to grow. Like we are not the same people we were when we were 20 years old. And
1: you should always be changing and growing. If you're not changing and growing, you need to change something. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, because we do,
1: we look at things and, and,
0: and I think that it's like the stages of life, right? You go from a kid, right? And I always tell people this, you're not going to tell a one-year-old, why are you falling? They're barely learning how to walk. Like right? you're not going to be so critical of them mm-hmm. because they're barely learning. But with every stage of life, you're barely learning. You're l- barely learning how to be married. You're barely learning how to be a mom Then a mom of two. Then mm-hmm. you'd never been through postpartum depression. So how the crap there's are you supposed to know? New. Every stage, mm-hmm. there's something different and it's okay to change and evolve and grow and Like if we allow ourselves and cut ourselves some freaking slack, it's okay that you didn't go to a counselor for a year. You weren't ready yet. Mm -hmm. You weren't ready yet. And to be honest, there are sometimes people are forced by other people to go to counseling and it doesn't work out because they weren't ready. Yeah. It's a choice. It's so, and, and when, and if you get to that place, what do you have to lose? Yeah. Try it, do it, you know. But I'm super excited, I'm proud of you, Justin. I'm so happy to know you. I think that you are so brave, um, for sharing your experience because it really is something that can be, I imagine, postpartum can be very lonely and isolating. Mm-hmm. And so, the fact that you opened yourself up is going to give other moms the freedom to know that they are not alone, um, that. If we're honest, we're all a little quote unquote crazy. <laughs> we all have some of those thoughts. Um, but the thing that's setting you apart right now is that you're moving towards growth and you're moving towards something new because you want to better yourself and your future and your life for your kids and for your family and for you. Right. Right. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm here to support you. I'm proud of you. I will put your links um, to your Instagram and to your Arbon, if that's okay. Yep. So if absolutely. anybody's interested, feel free to DM Justan, just ask all the questions. She is here to help other people and especially women grow. Yes, absolutely. I love you. I love you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk soon.